All right. Yeah. Let's pray for Haiti. So, Father, we just pray, uh, Lord, we thank You that You take something horrible like an earthquake and destructive that many people died, Lord, and You use it for good. Uh, Lord, what the enemy meant for uh, evil, You've turned for good. Lord, that You work all things together for good for those that love You and are called according to Your purpose. And Lord, we intercede for that nation. We agree with the President and the Prime Minister and all those, the millions of uh, Haitians that showed up to pray and fast. Lord, that this would be a time not only of rebuilding in the natural, but supernatural spiritual rebuilding of the infrastructure, the spiritual infrastructure of Haiti. The nation would be a nation after God and not after the enemy. Not, the voodoo would no longer be primary, but the Christ-centered gospel preaching would be the primary foundation of that nation. Lord, that You'd remove corruption and bring wholesomeness. In Jesus' name, we bless every pastor and missionary that's labored and given their lives over the years, like the burgers and all of those ministers who've served so diligently. That those seeds, Lord, sown and that nation would bear fruit. In Jesus' name, Amen! Well, we just see an example of sowing and reaping in that video. And uh, uh, again, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't dare say what the cause of a natural uh, disaster would be. Some people uh, claim to know when a natural disaster is, is judgment, and, and I wouldn't even touch that because natural disasters happen. Jesus addressed it and uh, said that uh, certain people die not because of sin, like uh, Jerry mentioned, but or, or, uh, um, or, or any uh, direct correlation between a disaster and judgment. <clears throat> On the other hand, I do know that God wants to redeem people. Okay, And God uses circumstances like uh, uh, earthquakes and floods to, in every circumstance, to bring people into the awareness of uh, the knowledge of Him. <clears throat> and uh, a million Haitians equals a tenth of the population. And so I mentioned that last night. My wife said, boy, that's a tithe. And here a tithe of the nation showed up to pray and fast for three days and canceled uh, Mardi Gras, which is their primary celebration. So it's a very powerful thing. And I think it's just a fruit of decades and decades of, of pastors and missionaries uh, praying and interceding for that nation. And let's uh, believe that this is, this is a time of real change. Um, they have an opportunity to rebuild and to build something they never had. Uh, and this kind of dovetails the reason I shared this video is that it does connect uh, with what I'm teaching on this month on the idea of seed time and harvest or sowing and reaping. This is from a verse in Genesis chapter 8. And this verse takes place after Noah came off the boat with all of the animals and his family after the flood. And it says in Genesis 8.20, Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Or in one translation, it actually says, and Jehovah smelled the smell of satisfaction. And the Lord said in His heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy everything that, as I have done. And he makes this promise. It says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. 
So we introduced this last week. If you missed the message, you can listen to it online. Just go to our website and kind of give you the understanding that the things in the natural world display uh, the things in the spiritual world. The natural world is what we can see with our natural eyes. The spiritual world goes beyond that. Sometimes we can see into it in the natural with our natural eyes, but often we're in the we're in, we are in a spiritual world. We're, there's a spiritual universe. Um, uh, that exists and the natural universe uh, just manifests some of the realities uh, that are true or that exist in the spiritual world. So, I guess maybe this series I'm trying to go a little deeper and talk a little more on a spiritual realm than many of my messages. So I really want to get into some of the application or the understanding of how to take what we see in the natural world and apply it into spiritual reality. Uh, last week we talked about how uh, harvests are, uh, uh, in other words, I was the, just the picture of a harvest, like corn or wheat or stuff you pick up, plants, right, <coughs> is affected by um, seasons and uh, the length of the season determines how much harvest, what kind of plants you can plant. And seasons are affected by climate and climate affected or determined by just nature. And uh, we remember, if you remember the verse in Second Peter, chapter one, <coughs> the promise or the truth <coughs> that in Christ, Second Peter one two says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which you have been given, by which." have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you uh, may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. And this idea that we have a new nature. Now, uh, and I'm paralleling the uh, ecosystem, that aspect of nature, with this divine nature that's put into us. And so, if you will, I'm using the natural world as an illustration to try to teach you a spiritual reality and that your nature determines the climate and the climate determines seasons and seasons produce the harvest or influence the harvest. All of these things work together. And the question is, what nature are you living? Alright? What nature is in, what nature is in charge of your ecosystem on a spiritual level. If it's, is it a godly nature? Is it the new nature? Is it the divine nature that you have been given through the knowledge of the promises that God has freely given us? Or is it worldly nature? Is it the nature you were born with? Is it the carnal nature? Is it the nature influenced by the things of the world and the things of the flesh and the things of the enemy? Alright? Those, that leads to corruption. We've escaped that, it says in Peter, by being given a new nature through faith in the promises of God's Word. But we need to lay claim to that. We need, I want to teach or talk about how to make that influence uh, our lives. Our climate is determined by our nature. And we have a choice. We have the opportunity to uh, live in the nature, the divine nature is given to us or to fall back into a worldly, carnal, ungodly nature. Jesus brings out this same idea in Luke chapter 8, verse 11. Uh, it's the parable of the sower. How many are familiar with the parable of the sower? 
We aren't familiar with parables, so read your New Testament, okay? <laughs> so went out to sow seed. The idea here, Jesus says, you know, so went out to sow seed, he's just throwing seed wherever he goes. Just walking down, throwing seed. It's the same seed. But the same seed falls in different types of ground. And rather than tell the parable, I'm just going to read when Jesus explains it. Because his disciples, he told the story, and then his disciples got with him later and said, Jesus, we didn't understand a word of that. Uh, what the heck were you talking about? And he was going, yeah. <coughs> Let me talk slowly. <laughs> Jesus said, now this, now the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. Alright? So the seed is the Word of God. God's Word. Same Word. Same seed. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the Word out of their heart. Least they should believe and be saved. The ones on the rock are those when they hear, receive the Word with joy. And these have no root. They believe for a while and in time... uh, uh, They believe for a while... In a time of temptation, fall away. So they shrink up, but there's no depth. It doesn't go down deep. They get tempted, and they fall away. Now the ones that fall among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Maybe they hang on, but they're, they're, they're a weak plant, and it doesn't produce any fruit. So the fruit doesn't come to maturity. That little scrawny little apples on that tree. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the Word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Bless you. Keep it and bear fruit with patience. The wayside, so there's four different uh, types of ground. The wayside, just on the side of the road, side of the path, they hear it, but they don't understand it. I mean, they never even really get it. And the enemy just comes and like they heard something, but they don't really understand. The enemy can just come and say something else, and the next day they don't even remember. Right? The enemy is active at plucking away the seed. And then you have stony. People are hardened. All right? They hear, but because they have no root in themselves. In other words, it doesn't go down deep. This is a surface thing. And sometimes people with just on a surface level, they can get all excited about something because it's new and it's different. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when the Hard times come when there's times of testing or times of temptation. They don't have the root to keep them healthy and strong, and so they perish. They 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 wither. Uh, and then there's the thorns. <clears throat> they hear the word, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Okay, so concerns and cares and deceitfulness. That means it's tricky. They get fooled. The enemy presents something that looks good but really isn't good. And they lay hold of it, and then they lose what God intended uh, for something that's seemingly pleasurable, but in the end, deceitful. And it chokes God's Word, and they don't bring anything to maturity. The pleasures of life, the riches and the cares of this world. And the good ground is are those who hear and understand. We need to understand God's Word. You have to get understanding. All right? It's not good enough just to hear it. It's not like a magical spell. All right? If you just read God's Word, everything automatically happens good. No. You need to hear it. You need to understand it. All right? And when you understand it, you need to live it. And when you live it, then you'll bear fruit. 
All right. There's 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 a necessity for allowing the seed to grow into your life. So the ones with good the good ground are those who hear and understand, and with a noble and good heart. So the soil, Jesus is saying in this story in the parable, is a person's heart, their inner self, their life. And if it's noble and it's good, and you allow the seed to grow down deep and you break up the stony parts and don't let uh, weeds grow up and thorns grow up, and don't let the enemy come and steal the seed, then you'll have fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. Alright? I looked up agriculture on Wikipedia. Yay to Wikipedia. Alright? <laughs> For those of you who know. And, uh, and there's, there's four elements of uh, agriculture. It's tillage, uh, tillage, which is basically preparation of the ground. Pest control, which is basically pest control. We all understand that. Dealing with, with uh, pests that eat you know, or uh, prevent good. Uh, nutrient management, which is making sure that the soil has the right nutrients needed to grow whatever harvest you want to produce. And water management. Uh, this is exactly, there's a spiritual, there's a spiritual parallel in this, and tillage is breaking up the fallow ground of your heart, making sure your heart is receptive to the seed of, of the God's Word. I don't care how good the sermon is, or how good the Bible translation is, or even how much of God's Word you hear, if your heart is not prepared to receive the seed, it's not going to grow a plant that bears fruit. Alright? You need to break up your fallow ground. Fallow ground is a charming term. It's this ground that hardens over. So the seed hits it and it just sits there on top. Just waiting for a bird to come or for it to get wet and it'll rot. Alright? It's not, it's not able to get in. There's shallow ground. There's stones underneath. All that stuff. you got to deal with your ground. Tillage is getting the ground prepared so that the plants can be planted so that you can reap the harvest. Pest control is the removal of influences that are destructive, both demonic and worldly. Okay? And listen, we have an enemy, it's called the devil, Satan, the deceiver, uh, the accuser of the brethren. And there's a whole bunch of demonic influences that are trying their very best, they're very intelligent, to steal away whatever God does in your life. Alright? Every day. They never sleep. Alright? They're spiritual beings and they're active, you know? Uh, and, and it's no big deal once you learn that you have you, you have pesticide. pesticide. <laughs> kind of fun. It's like a flamethrower. <laughs> you can watch out because they can sneak. They're sneaky. <clears throat> Amen. They're sneaky. They're smarter than you are. <clears throat> All right, but they're not smarter than God. All right, shut up. What else do we have? Pest control. There's good. There's good. There's good critters that we need as well. Just to use the analogy, we want the host, the angelic presence. We want to invite the presence of godly influences, you know, and influence of others, you know. And so, nurturing healthy uh, um, influences and. Uh, removing unhealthy influences, making sure we have the nutrients in our soil that will enable the Word to sprout and to grow. So being what, what are you feeding on? Some people feed on CNN or Fox News more than they feed on God's good news. All right? 
Some people cheat on gossip instead of uh, encouragement. Right? Some people cheat on accusation instead of uh, truth and uh, affirmation. And so you ask yourself, what are you feeding on? What's the nutrient of your so- soil? And then water management. Are you well watered? Are you know, we were to be like trees planted by the rivers of living water. And so our roots are to grow deep into God and have the source of God's river. What's the river? It's the Holy Spirit. It's God's spiritual uh, influence that we soak up and that we're saturated. Um, uh, a plant, no matter how good it is, no matter how good the seed is, if it's not watered, what's going to happen? It shrivels up. It dies. Maybe it'll hold on, you know. Uh, you know, we don't want to live in drought. We don't have to. And that's the point. I want to get to the next part. Is seasons. Uh, there are seasons in life. There's lots of places in the Bible that talk about uh, the seasons uh, of life and this whole idea of seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, is a promise of God that there are seasons. Now the point is, is that as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. We understand the spiritual by observing the natural and applying biblical wisdom to it so we can see in the spiritual things, in the spirit realm. Does that make sense? (laughs) And so if the whole of the natural ecosystem is controlled by seasons, don't you think maybe... Seasons is a major aspect of our spiritual lives. Right? In fact, we all are dependent. Went out to eat with my family, and I just now realized why this made a big impact on me. I was like, man, there's a lot of effort and time put into food preparation. You know? It just seemed like this is just way too much. We just skip it. I mean, we didn't have to eat. Just think how much energy and time we'd save. <laughs> Eating is good. All right, that's that's. I'm really losing it here. What am I talking about? Season. All right. We all eat because there's seasons. We all eat because someone planted a seed. All right. And then harvest and 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 and, uh, and cultivated that seed. And then eventually harvested the seed. And maybe the seeds they harvested, they didn't prepared and fed the animals that they had husbanded, that they had taken care of. And they let the animals eat until the animals got big and fat, and then they slaughtered them. And they cut them up and processed them so we can have hamburger, which is cow meat, with lettuce, which is something that grew on a plant, and bread. Does it sound tasty? Absolutely. <laughs> I went out and visited a friend in Alpina in the winter. And out in the garage, he says, hey, I want to show you something. <laughs> he takes me out in the garage and he's got this deer carcass. It was black. The skin, had been, the skin was laying there on the ground. It was, yeah, it's been hanging there for about two weeks. Now. After about three or four weeks, that's when it starts tasting good. <laughs> he says, you want a bite? You didn't eat it right out the butt. I'm like, dude. <laughs> he was totally serious. He said, "Oh yeah, it's great. You ate like age, <clears throat> and then you cut it, and you, you know, or you can just eat it raw." I was like, "I'll pass. Like for the rest of my life, I'll pass." 
I'm sorry, I'm really diverging. <laughs> if it wasn't for this process, none of us would eat. All right? Uh, we depend on it, and it's, this is a system that God ordained from after the flood to sustain life. And it's true in the spirit realm. All right? There are God-appointed seasons. Jesus talks about that in, in the beginning of Acts. Uh, that God has established in our lives some we have influence on, some we don't. All right? Some things are God-ordained. And you're going to go through it no matter what. But your climate and the length of the season is dependent on uh, your nature. And the main point I want to get to is to tell you that you have authority over your spiritual climate. Because you have been given a new nature through this Word. All right? Jesus was on a boat and the nature... World nature ecosystem caused a storm. The climate was storming okay, and raining, and there was a thunderstorm. And the disciples were all upset. And they woke up Jesus, and Jesus stood and commanded it to stop and said, Let me go back to my nap. It was no big deal for Jesus. In fact, he says, What was wrong with you? Couldn't you say that? But they couldn't because they didn't believe it. All right? They couldn't do it not because they weren't Jesus. Jesus came just to live as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. He actually said the greater works that they would do than He did. All right? They didn't understand their place of authority. Now, He did that in the natural world to demonstrate a spiritual truth that you and I have authority to influence our spiritual climates if we believe, if we're influenced by God's divine nature within us. We can take authority, especially in our spiritual climate. We can't control everything, but we can control a lot more than what most people uh, believe. And understanding how to respond to the seasons that we are in is critical in bringing fruit to maturity. It will determine the type of uh, yield, the type of fruit what you produce in your life will be determined and how much you produce in your life will be determined on how you respond to the seasons in your life. Okay? Because, right? What's the season, right? How many have noticed a change in the last two weeks in Michigan? Hallelujah! Yes! Praise God, finally. The birds are back. You know, now a month ago, if I'd went out, I don't care how good the seeds were. If I'd put seeds in the ground, it would have been stupid, right? But now I read on Facebook. Oh, I went out and started the garden. I planted some flowers. It's so exciting. I'm like, it's good for you. <laughs> you know, it's beginning to be spring. We can start doing stuff. We can start preparing ground. There's time. In the same way, there's spiritual seasons. And you need to know what season you're in, okay, and how to respond to that season in order to get the fruit. Now, if I go out and plant a seed, a lettuce seed I found out, takes about three weeks from the time you plant it to the time you can have a salad. Right? Three weeks. That's pretty good. You know? How about... uh 
No corn in Michigan. Four months? May to September, okay? So all summer. Some places they can do two harvests in the summer because it's a longer growing season. Uh, so I've heard. Right. That takes, how about an apple? Years. <laughs> Lewis was like, hey, man, I'm going to save this seed and I'm going to plant it so we can have our own apples. Boy, that's a great idea, dude. <laughs> you know, all you have to put it in a plastic bag is a good plant. It's probably going to let it dry and die. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I told him the whole story, right? And then I said, then if any planet, if it grows, it'll be like five or six years before it has any fruit. And he was like, totally. <laughs> it's all, it's a lot easier just to go to Myers, man. <laughs> or Walmart. There's, there's a delay. Okay, this is, I want to get to this point. Because in, in the area of seasons, you have to understand there's a delay between the time you plant the seed and the time you harvest it. Now, obviously, we understand that in natural, but I'm saying it applies in the spirit. Sometimes people sow a corruptible seed. In other words, they go out and commit an act of sin. It's an act of thought that is destructive. Okay? They go out and get drunk. They go out and have illegitimate sex. They go out and lie, steal, cheat, gossip, uh, hate, uh, whatever you want. Fill in the blank. All right? And then they feel bad about me the next day. And then they come back out and go, oh, well, no, nobody found out. Nothing happened. I guess I'm okay. They don't deal with the seed. But they feel like they get away with it. In fact, many Christians live most of their life thinking they're getting away with uh, a whole bunch of stuff rather than dealing with issues. But what's happening is those seeds are germinating and growing roots. All right? And eventually, they'll walk out and have a huge, giant thorn brush to deal with in your life. Does that make sense? Alright? <laughs> because you plant a seed, it doesn't instantly bear fruit. Sometimes it takes a long time. Some things come out pretty quick. Some things take years to come out. Because the whole month of February to talk about that issue, about dealing with stuff in your life uh, so that you don't end up with bad fruit or thorn bushes. Okay? <clears throat> what do you do if you plant a, if you, if you, if, if you found out there was a bad seed in your garden and it had started to grow in the natural. What would you do? Dig it up! Alright? Same thing in the spirit. If something's out there that you did that you need to clean up, you need to go dig it up. And if you don't know how to do that, listen to the teachings from last month or go to the Healing and Restoration Group or I can give you any number of a, a dozen books that will help you. Get some counseling, get some prayer, get some help. It's basically repentance and forgiveness, confession of sin. It deals with the stuff so it doesn't grow roots. Now, same is true with good fruit. You do an act of service, act of sacrifice, act of worship. You give uh, an offering and you come out the next day and expect a reward. You know, what? Well, God said if I did this, I'd be blessed. I don't feel blessed. Well, this time, you got to let you just sowed is seed time and harvest. In between seed time and harvest is, you know, fertilizing and watering and getting sun and waiting. And, you know, eventually it comes to time where it bears fruit. There's actually a correlation in most cases. Not all cases, but most cases. There's a correlation between the uh, quantity and quality of the harvest and the length of 
time and the amount of effort between the planting and the harvesting. All right? So if you sow sinful seed and you let it grow a long time and you put a lot of effort into nurturing that sinful attitude or behavior, you're going to have a life-dominating sin. Okay? Or if you sow good seed and you put a lot of time and effort and uh, into nurturing that good seed, you're going to have fruit that lasts to eternity. All right? But sometimes in the middle, you give up. I once wanted to plant a garden. I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to go a little over because it's second service. And, you know, who cares? <laughs> I was a teenager. We used to have these incredible gardens when I was a kid. Mainly my mom did all the work. And my older brother, apparently. I don't know who did all the work. I was just a little kid. But it was amazing. Like, it was amazing. Giant, like, gardens bigger than this, this building. It was just unbelievable. When I was a teenager, I was young, probably 13 or 14. My parents had been, I was living with my dad. My mom had moved away. So I had this thing. I wanted to grow a garden. So my dad said, okay, we'll grow a garden. And I planted a rotor tiller and planted a garden. I didn't know how much work. That was the last garden I ever planted. Because, <laughs> you know, it looked great and pretty after a few weeks, though. It was like all weeds. You know, and the weed just overtook it. And I didn't want to deal with it. And eventually my dad made me go out there and weed it, you know, by force. And I was mad the whole time weeding this thing. And I weeded it once and I never did it again and it all went to weed. And I got one carrot out of the whole thing. <laughs> you know what I learned? I learned don't behind a garden. <laughs> you want a garden that's a lot of... Some people love it. All right? Just not, not, not what I'm into. Um, there's a direct correlation and we don't want to lose heart let me read a scripture Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 I'm going to read it from the message don't be misled no one makes a fool of God when a person plants he will harvest what you plant you will harvest I might take a Sunday uh, two more mess- next week we have Mitko and then we have two more Sundays I think uh, that's on, in the series and tell you the difference between sowing and reaping and karma, which is there's a big difference. <clears throat> but there's a truth that what a man sows, what a person sows, they will reap. When a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. The one who plants in response to God but in God's Spirit do the growth work in Him harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest the crop if we don't give up or quit. And so there's a, there's a need. You need to know the season you're in. This is the point. And know how to respond to that season appropriately with your mind and heart on the harvest more than just the season you're in. You understand the season, but your mind is on the harvest. Maybe it's in the middle of summer and all you can do is fix the tractor, but your mind is on the harvest. Maybe it's the middle of winter and all you can do is keep warm. Your mind is on the harvest. It's spring, you're out plowing the fields, getting the ground ready to plant seed. Your mind is on the harvest. Alright? Same thing in the Spirit. What are you planting and what are you cultivating that will result in the harvest of your life? What is Jesus going to pick off your tree when He comes? What is He going to find? What are you going to have? 
Bible says that by this, the Father is glorified when we produce much fruit. Okay? It's God's will that we are fruitful and productive. God's glorified by that. And so I just want to bring your attention to this reality of seasons and call you to, to seek out and understand that it's significantly influenced. You have authority to change the season. Some seasons you can't change, but some seasons change with a change of heart. How long does a change of heart take? You can go from winter to spring in your heart that or you can take years. Why? Whether or not you believe. Alright? Not everything is under your control, but a lot more than you think. Right? Because you've been given the divine nature and you have authority in the spirit realm. Alright. I'd take more time than that. Adam's gonna come up and make up for it. Ha, 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 ha.